Hey, I'm Amanda from Trifecta Fitness. We're proud to be Clarksville's new Get Fit headquarters. Trifecta Fitness is a state-of-the-art spin and strength training studio. Our spin studio is truly one of a kind in this area, complete with 20 state-of-the-art live fitness bikes and an incredible sound system. Our strength training is done in small groups of six or fewer, and all of our strength and spin classes are scalable for every level of experience. Come see us in the heart of Clarksville, just behind MAPCO at the corner of Old Trenton Road and Wilma Rudolph Boulevard. Call us for more info at 931-542-6265 or download our Trifecta Fitness app for a full list of upcoming classes. guest is a speaker, writer, and entrepreneur. She has been interviewed on more than 75 podcasts worldwide and has been published in Medium, Authority Magazine, and Shout Out LA, and Emotional Intelligence Plus Magazine. She helps people live a more joyful life, joyful and connected lives through the principles of life design. She believes our present and future are transformed when we infuse our lives with intention. We design our lives and realize the power of accepting ourselves as the author of our story. So without further ado, let's welcome Shauna Francesca to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Hi. Shana, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you here. I'm, I'm glad I'm lucky number 76. So that's, <laughs> that's even numbers. That's awesome to have you on here on the Misfit Nation. And I know the Misfit Nation's uh, proud to have you here as well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So if you don't mind, I know you're a little, you're a little cooked from being outside today. Yeah. Tell us a little more about yourself from as far back as you want to go to how we got into life design and where we are today. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. So let's <laughs> buckle up. First, I just want to say trigger warning for anybody who might be listening. Um, I'm going to touch on some pretty sensitive stuff. 
So I just want to make sure you're emotionally prepared, um, touch on abuse and sexual assault and rape. Um, um, So I was born into a very abusive household. um, And uh, my one of my very first memories is of of being raped at the age of three by my babysitter's son. Um, I, from the time I was probably about six or seven, I was groomed by my father, um, who sexually assaulted me when I was 15. Um, and so all of this is just kind of just set the stage for how I got to where I am, right. To help you kind of understand a little bit about me. Um, so in all of this turmoil, right, you're growing up, you're trying to figure out who you are in the world and the world around you isn't safe, right? Because the, especially as a child, the world around you is crafted by your parents. Uh, the people they spend time around are also the people you spend time around, right? And they choose who's caring for you. And if they are unhealthy, most likely so are the people who they're leaving you in the care of. Um, and And so very early, I figured out that I was not safe inside of my own home, inside of my own body, um, and struggled with depression, um, with uh, anorexia and bulimia, uh, body dysmorphia, suicidal ideation. And at some point, I just had to figure out, like, if I want to be here, I have to figure out how can I show up in this world and be safe? How can I be seen and heard and understood? And so my imagination became this vital place for me, right? To create this world in my mind, especially as a child where, you know, I could, I could imagine what kind of world I could create or I could live in that I would be safe and seen and understood. Um, and I kind of started doing all that I could to bring that into reality. Uh, I spent a lot of time reading. I spent uh, uh, growing up and I would, I, you know, back then <laughs> we had like physical calendars, right? Um, and so I would take physical calendars that had inspirational quotes. And when they something really touched me, I would rip out that month's image and I would save it and I would tape it up on my bedroom wall. Or I would write inspirational quotes on index cards, which I still actually do. Um, and I would tape them on the wall. Um, and then when I would go to the doctor's office, right, and they would have all these different magazines, <laughs> I would like quietly and carefully rip out the pages that were like images of like a place or a flower or a or or a stunningly dressed person, right? Like I would or a home or something that felt really inspiring and beautiful and like it connected with who I am and how I wanted to be seen and how I wanted to show up in the world. And I basically created my bedroom wall as like a vision board for my life. Um, I didn't have that language back then, but that's essentially what I was doing. And I, and I also used to take the JC Penny catalog, like who remembers that thick old bad boy, right? It would come every season without fail And it would have everything, right, from like camping equipment to like dresses and swimwear and like all the like curtains and bedding and all of these things. And I would circle all the images, all the things that I wanted to be part of this life I was creating, this imaginary life where I belonged. Um, And through all of it, I started to recognize 
that that like I was trying to craft a physical environment. I was trying to create a sense of safety in the world for myself. And so I kind of created my bedroom as that, right? Like I wasn't allowed to lock my door. I wasn't even allowed to have my bedroom door closed unless I was getting changed. Um, but, but I could still create some kind of sense of safety for myself. And every time there was something really terrible going on in the house, I would like organize something or clean something or reorder my furniture in my bedroom. I constantly changed the furniture around in my bedroom. And I, now as an adult, I look back and I wonder if it was because I was changing my association with what was so I could reset the stage for new possibility, right? We spend two thirds of our life inside of our home and it is deeply and um, it, like it is deeply connected to our overall happiness, right? And our sense of safety and our sense of belonging. It's in, in my work, I've seen it be the place where we practice showing up for ourselves, where we practice using our voice and it starts to bleed out into our everyday life, right? When we can, when we can feel safe to show up as ourselves, as our authentic selves inside of our home, it, 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 allows us to rest, to be seen, to be heard so that we can, we can feel that way in the rest of the world. Right. Um, and so eventually that led me to discover that interior design was a thing and to become an interior designer. But what I quickly realized was, um, that I was not like other interior designers. I wasn't functioning or working like other interior designers. I was looking at it from this place of mental health and of being seen and heard and understood and our way of showing up in the world and it being authentic, like authentically connected to who we are, not about marketing or trends or any of that shenanigans, right? Back in the day, it was through magazines. Now it's through social media, right? And that all this marketing shows up and it tells us what our home should look like. And our home should look like us. It should feel like we belong there. It should feel like we're reflected there, not like some recreation of something we saw on HDTV because HDTV and whatever that home is, it really doesn't necessarily have anything to do with us, right? And our home should be a place of nuance and, 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 you know, and, and this beautiful representation of who we are. And so as I started doing that work and I took on different types of clients, I started to recognize that the work I was doing, there was so much work we were doing. I was doing with my clients, right. That didn't have anything to do with interior design. <laughs> and it was more like coaching. Um, and they started calling me. One of my clients is uh, the, the head of neuroanesthesiology at, at a very well-known medical institution. Um, and and he was like, yeah, I tell everybody you're my life coach and my interior designer. And I was like, you do? <laughs> oh, but like it was so funny that I I never took on that title, but I had been running group coaching for, you know, for two and a half years at that point, <laughs> I'd worked with over a hundred people around what I now call life design, right? The concept of intentional leadership and living community, well, curiosity and community, right? And how those things intersect to, um, to allow us to live a beautifully well-designed life. Um, so that's what led me here. You know, eventually I realized I can only work with so many, even with with, you know, assistant designers and with other designers working with me, I can only work with so many clients. And I insist on this being a really uh, personal journey 
Um, and so <clears throat> as much as I can train other people, ultimately, I love to get my hands in the work, right? Um, and so, you know, having other designers come in and do this work was not <laughs> like, how do I hire in other interior designers who went to school specifically for interior design to take on this very therapeutic aspect or this very coaching aspect of my work? Um, and so the I basically created this intersection, this understanding of my work is the is what I call life design. And it's kind of the intersection of uh, interior design, like physical, our physical environment and interior design within ourselves. Right. But all of it centers around intentional living and leadership. Wow. That's a lot to unpack right now. Uh, thanks for sharing, <laughs> especially the early part of it. Uh, and I hate that you had to go through that, but it made you who you are today. Uh, I was picturing as you were talking about the cutting the papers out of the magazines at the doctor's office. I used to do the same things. Oh, this, that's a neat car. I want to take that and put that out. Or that's yeah. a cool boy. Maybe I can sell this to mom when we get out of this doctor's office because she's mad that we had to sit in this doctor's office. Maybe yeah. we can get this if I'm such a good kid in here and I, I take this needle like a champ that I don't really probably mm. need. They're going to give it to me anyway. I got to get this thing. So I, I was picturing that stuff. And then that JC Penny catalog, I, yeah. I've had that thing thrown at me as a child. And uh, is that my own fault? Probably, of course. But I remember that thing uh, wholeheartedly that in the Sears catalog that would come not long after it. You got both of them all the time. So that that helped you in your designing. But then yeah. what you did with this to make it into when you realized what you were really doing, not what you were, what you thought you were doing, then you realized what you are doing. You were yeah. helping people live that life intentionally, live intentional leadership and designing yeah. themselves to be great people inside and out. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, like throwing things at children is not something I advocate for. And I don't think a child ever earns that. Right. I didn't say parent did it. Either. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you said you you said you deserved it. And I'm like, maybe you deserved it. I'm like, I just want to clarify. I don't think you deserved that. <laughs> Didn't tell me I'm all right, <laughs> but uh, as you uh, grew or growing your business now, and uh, two years it took you to realize that the right footing for it, are you comfortable now saying it's the life design and not you're not an interior designer? Yeah, that's probably took a little bit for you to break that shield and say, I'm not an interior designer. I, I look on your walls, I don't see magazine cutouts on your walls, now I see spoons behind you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The story behind these is actually, this is a spoon in the for, a fork and it's actually a, a friend of uh, the family growing up. Marley's her and her husband were like um, foreign diplomats and they traveled all around the world. And unfortunately she passed away a couple years ago, but right before she passed, she started giving us things and telling us the stories of how she, uh, the ones she could remember anyway, the stories of how she got them. And these are hand carved in the Philippines. So yeah, they're, they're just, they're truly beautiful. You can't see how beautiful they are because it's dark in here. <laughs> I can just see the shape. So I thought they were both spoons. Yeah. Now, it, now it's a spoon and a fork. Yeah. But they're beautifully carved. Yeah. So when you uh, reach out to your customers, first tell me how to pronounce the name of your business. Because I, I was going to say concentrate, but I, I know it's not what it means. It's consonate. It's cons I was close. I was close. Yeah, you were really close. Yeah. <laughs> it's familiar enough that people usually have find some pronunciation, but it's a real word. So how did you come up with that word and the name yeah. of your business? How did you come yeah. up with it? Yeah, it's a real word. It happens to be a dead word. So most people have never necessarily read it or come across it. Um, it it came into the 
vernacular lexicon or language um, in like the 1500s, um, the word means, so consonate means to arrange or blend together skillfully as parts or elements put together in a harmonious, precisely appropriate or elegant manner. And as soon as I read that definition, I was like, yep, that's exactly what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's exactly what we're meant to do with our lives. Um, But I came across it because I'm a super nerd. And uh, my girlfriend and I both grew up separately. We only got to know each other as adults, but we separately (laughs) grew up reading the dictionary. (laughs) (laughs) I used to read the dictionary and highlight off and study the words that I, I wasn't familiar with. And then when I would read, I would keep it. I kept a, a notebook on me at all times. And I would, this was before smartphones and the internet, right? Like, so reminder, <laughs> I would keep a notebook and I wrote down all the words that were unfamiliar. Um, and I would write down the definitions and study them at like the end of each week. Again, like crazy nerd. So when sh- my friend Sheila and I met, we sometimes text each other words that we think are fun or interesting with the definitions. <laughs> And so I had, you know, I'd been telling her how I was, I was preparing to rebrand the business, but, you know, I, you know, I'd gone through our ethos and our company values with her and, and so on and so forth. And like a couple weeks later, she texted me this word consinity. And I was like, I've never heard this word before. And the definition was so beautiful and so lovely. And so then I just started diving into the history of the word and related words and so on and so forth. And I came across consonate and I was like, this is perfect. Meanwhile, she didn't send it to me because she thought it would become my business name. She just thought it was an interesting word and we share words with each other. And then here it is. It became my, you know, a a related word became my business name. So I definitely credit her with, you know, our level of nerdiness and thank her for sharing it with me. I mean, that's awesome. That's what friends are for, right? 100%. The the unknowing helpfulness that they have for you. Yeah. Yeah. In this case, help name your business. And that's outstanding. Yeah. Uh, When you were reading a dictionary, did you ever go like to spelling bees and do that with spelling or just, just the reading and writing them down? No, spelling bees. I don't know. Spelling bee. I loved doing them in school. We would have like spelling bee drills and stuff, but I mean, I, I grew up extraordinarily poor. And so like admittance fees to things and those sort of things, I, I always knew our financial position wasn't very good. And so I always hesitated to ask for anything anything that might even cost any money i i didn't i didn't get involved in so you know no i never long story short no i never got involved in spelling bees because i was too afraid it would cost money my parents didn't have or time they couldn't spend or you know there was just you know there was a lot there and then also my dad had has this habit of um uh, we don't, re- we're not on speaking terms anymore, but when I was a kid, he had this habit of like making me go all in on something, even if I was just testing the waters, right? Like if I just wanted to try something, there was no room for trying. It was like, you go all the way with something or you don't do it at all. And so there was no, there was no opportunity for curiosity, right? To share my curiosity with him because then it was like, I had to be all in, you know, like blood, sweat, and tears when I just wanted to see if I could do something, you know? So it kind of killed the magic there. Yeah, it definitely killed the zone for you there. And uh, yeah, that happens, uh, that happens more often than we'd like to speak about. 
where people don't want to spend the time to help you grow in in something like you said yeah that's the water put your toe in there maybe maybe test out against the neighborhood yeah. kids and a little b but i'm sure you beat the kids in your school when you did the spelling drills so you didn't have to get extra homework but yeah other, <laughs> other than i'm sure you, you probably you probably would have had a fun time if you had the opportunities to do something. yeah maybe 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 you can do an adult one now. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I run. I, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, yeah, maybe. I don't. I. That's funny because I don't play the game. I mean, here's the reality: is I try to spend as little time on my phone as possible because I spend so much time on it for work and for business and for promotional purposes and for marketing and social media and all these things. Like I run a business. So like I try to put it down and live in real life as much as I can. So like Wordle, as much as I'm intrigued by it, funny enough, I've never played it. I've never played it. <laughs> You'd probably be too good at it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. I need one letter. I'm good. <laughs> so uh, did you have any business background or in schooling or anything like that? Or you just jumped in to start a business? Well, I mean, I had always had an entrepreneurial, spe entrepreneurial spirit. Woo, tongue tie there. <laughs> um, you know, I was the kid who had a lemonade stand every summer. And then I started a, a snow shoveling business. And then I had a, um, back in the day, we used to like um, make gimp bracelets. What was those like plastic thread? We called it gimp. Don't ask me why. I don't know how it got that name. But you would buy this like neon colored plastic thread, this kind of flattened plastic thread. And we would like, like braid it into different forms and or like use regular thread and make like thread, you know, friendship bracelets and stuff. And I would go door to door with this kit of, of thread and, and knock on my neighbor's doors and ask them what colors, you know, did they want a bracelet and what custom colors did they want? And then I would like, it was like, just like two dollars or three dollars per bracelet or something um and then through my throughout my life you know i've always uh you know wanted to start a business and so it just kind of got to the place where i realized that my values and how i wanted to show up in the world was very different than the people i worked for and i i wasn't being able to find any companies that i really felt like were not exploiting their the labor of their people were properly paying them. We're showing them respect and honor, you know, um, honoring their contribution fully. And so I was like, you know what, I really just want to create that kind of business that people want to work for, right. Where they are honored and deeply, um, a part of something and their contribution is honored properly financially. Awesome. That's awesome right there. And I think, uh, you have it in your head to be a, a business leader of yeah. what you're doing and knowing when to evolve and knowing when to pivot because you did that right away once you realized yeah. once you were told you were a life coach and not a yeah. an interior <laughs> designer without knowing i mean you you knew enough to pivot at that point and start yeah. where you are now you said earlier that uh, how do you uh, get other people to do to chase your dream of being a life designer or interior designer when they're school trained and you really weren't how are you more open now to that to having People help you with it in your business or is it still a difficult task? I mean, yeah. So, I mean, you know, my background, I have a bachelor of science in interior design, um, but life design as a concept, this, this connection between physical environment and our interior environment and this understanding of living intentionally in every aspect of our lives, it's really something that I'm creating 
So there is no going to school for life design. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I have people that work with me and, and, you know, my people who work with me are, I don't have a uh, full-time employees or contracted employees at this point because full-time employees when you're only <laughs> four years in are quite expensive. <laughs> um, but I still pay people. The least I pay people per hour is $25 an hour. That's, that's interns get paid $25 an hour. Um, so I pay people well, I just can't afford to do benefits and all of that and have people full time just yet. But, you know, I pick people for, I, I align with people based on, um, who they are and their talent, not their skills, right? Skills can be taught. Skills are taught. Um, Talent has a lot to do with, you know, how someone has fostered who they are, their character, how they want to show up in the world. And those things are harder to teach and take much longer to take root, right? So um, one of uh, my project manager, um, uh, she just actually got married and had a baby. So she doesn't work with me anymore. But um, my project manager, like, for instance, um, who worked for, with me for over a year was uh, a TEDx speaker herself, right? Um, who, you know, had, um, who was continually showing up in the world in ways that were really beautiful, um, both of my uh, a design assistant and uh, my executive assistant were people who insisted on showing up in the world in ways where they were constantly tapping into um, their different interests and their talents and, and, and exploring the world in different ways and what was possible for themselves. You know, I love working with people and bringing people on who have a deep longing and love of curiosity um, and really, you know, honor how they, they show up in the world and are very intentional about that because that's the foundation of my business. So yeah, there are people who work with me and support me um, and are helping me grow the business, but <clears throat> um, there's no such thing as like life design in school. So we're like learning it. We're like creating it and learning it and teaching it at the same time. <laughs> Someday you'll be the textbook in a school when yeah. school or in a... Yeah. Community college probably first. <laughs> yeah. Your picture will be on the front and showing uh, your bed, your old bedroom with the yeah art on the wall. Your art on the wall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there my art was on the wall too. Yeah. <laughs> the original vision board, not not yeah. what we have today. So that's I mean, it's awesome that you were able to get in this and get it going and have a team with you now to help you grow as you keep moving forward. Four years yeah. in, most like you like you know I guess when I. People looking into starting a business, many businesses don't make it past that first year. No, they don't. And if they do, they don't make it past three years. So I'm at four. I'm feeling good. You're doing good. You're doing amazing. <laughs> doing great. And with that being said, every day we're, we face obstacles in life. And mm -hmm. uh, I believe uh, things get really, really real now, especially people have short fuses. People don't have time to be nice to each other. So things really get real outside there. How do you find joy every day to just keep moving forward? Yeah, I think it comes with being really intentional. And I mean, I hate to sound like I'm beating, you know, beating this point home. But for me, life design is not about doing more. It's about being intent more intentional with what you're already doing. Right. And the more intentional I get with my own life and the more intentional I see with my clients' lives and the people I surround myself with, the more intentional we get with our lives, actually the less we're doing. 
because we're able to release that which is no longer serving us and maybe never did. We're able to release other people's expectations and recognize that I'm not going to show up for other people in ways that force me to abdicate myself, right? I'm not going to to give all of my energy away and save nothing for myself, right? And so the more intentional I become, the more I'm able to say, you know what, actually, that's not for me. I'm going to say no to that. I'm going to pass, right? And it frees up my time and my mental energy because then I'm not thinking about how I said yes to something that I really don't want to go to and how do I get out of it. It frees up all of that, all of that internal dialogue and all that internal stress by me just giving myself permission to say no. And it's so beautiful because the more I give myself the permission to say no, the more the people in my life give themselves the permission to say no right? Even down to with my girlfriends or my friends in general, like if we set up something, we're like, yeah, let's grab dinner on Friday. And on Friday, an hour beforehand or 15 minutes beforehand, one of us is like, hey, I'm really, I need to take a minute. I actually need to take tonight by myself. I'm going to cancel. No questions asked, no explanation required. I don't see it as disrespect because they're respecting themselves, right? If they need the night, to stay home and 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 curl up on the couch and watch a movie or, or whatever they need to do or go for a walk that's what they need to do and who am i to question that right right and so the more we the more intentional we are the more i you know organize my day by getting up in the morning and giving myself time to meditate and then i'm sipping my tea while i'm listening to an audiobook and then i'm you know straightening up a little bit while i'm you know while i'm making my breakfast right or you know i'm just following this kind of in the morning just being really intentional about how i'm entering my day and setting myself up mentally for success and then being able to take a walk while i make my phone calls and i follow up on emails with clients and with vendors and so on and so forth the more that i'm able to be present for other people because i've taken care of myself right and i explain it to people this way do you know rich do you know where the heart pumps blood to first uh, not really. It pumps blood to itself. So it pumps blood from one side to the other. The heart cannot take care of the rest of the body until it takes care of itself first. Right. And it's a beautiful metaphor for how we need to live our lives of I cannot show up for other people unless I'm showing up for myself. And I cannot send myself the message that everybody else is more important than me because I won't actually be able to show up for them the way that I need to or the way that they need to, right? Um, and so that's why I say intentionality, it all comes back to that because it gives us freedom. It helps us to actually more authentically connect with one another, right? Because then we can say no, we can say yes, we can we can speak our truth and we don't have to, we don't know that we don't owe anybody any explanation about it, right? We can just show up and be respectful um, of ourselves and others. Awesome. And uh, I was going to say, we can't let those around us bring us down either. So we talk about here on Misfit Nation all the time, your inner circle. Yeah. Your inner circle needs to be your cheerleaders. They need to be, like you said, the friend that the no question asked friend. That, hey, let's go do this. Well, let's not go do this. Let's let's yeah. take a, a week off or two weeks off and then we'll come yeah. back. We'll hit it hard again. But you need yeah. that inner circle to be your strength, your, your guiding light. And, yeah. and outside that is it's just your, your periphery people that are part of your life, but they're not 
as important as that inner circle who could be three, five, ten people, whatever it is, but make sure that they're the best people in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They they should be your cheerleaders. They should also be the people who can help hold you accountable, who can help you to see what you can't see, right? Like there are such beautiful aspects about ourselves that everybody else can see that we just take for granted because they're part of who we are. And we're like, of course, that we don't see them as talents or skills or things that we're offering to other people. And the same is true of our blind spots, right? We have blind spots that we also can't see parts of ourselves that we're not aware of that are harmful to other people. And by having people in our lives who can help hold us accountable, we, we deepen relationship through accountability, right? We deepen relationship by there being open communication in those aspects of our lives where someone can say, Hey, actually, can I address something with you? Right. And, and by, by being able to have those uncomfortable conversations, we deepen relationships to places that we didn't know they could go, right? Because there's so much vulnerability and accountability. Definitely. And uh, I, I look forward to those conversations with my inner circle. Uh, when, we are all, when we're all physically able to get together, since my inner circle is kind of spread around due to my, yeah. my former career. But those who are closer here in uh, physicality to me, uh, we yeah. usually give each other the hard business a lot each other so we keep ourselves uh, open and honest with each yeah other. and there's none of this uh fake shades of i guess filters like you would put on instagram or whatever there's no yeah. filters. it's just us being real yeah yep that's the best thing to do uh, shauna we've talked about a lot of things in less than a half hour here yeah uh, what three things did you learn when starting your business that would help another entrepreneur get their business going in the right direction it's all about your personal growth. The business can't go a direction that you aren't willing to go. Right? right? You need to gather community around yourself. You absolutely cannot do this alone. And even if you could, you don't want to because you're going to be so burnt out. If you even get to a level of success, you won't be able to continue to scale. You need to have incredible people around you. And if you're not sure where to find them, get networking. Find a couple of other people who you can connect with and then find out who they connect with right? Build a network. Um, and, and you have to let go of ego. Ego cannot be a part of this equation, right? Because you're going to get it wrong a lot and you're going to learn so much from those failures. Failure is a necessary step towards getting it right. And you can't dwell on the failure. It needs to be just a, a an understanding that's a part of learning and growing. Definitely. I love that one there. And we say that all the time here. Each day, count the things that you do great, the things that you don't do great. Remember them, but don't dwell on them. And right. Just keep moving forward, and, and your your life will be better, much better than than the person that has to keep looking backwards. Yeah. And that's a great way to look at things. Yeah. Shauna, how does someone get in contact with you, or even get with you to become your? Have you be their life designer? Yeah. Okay. So um, I have. Uh, my website is the best way to get a hold of me. You can see what are upcoming virtual workshops and and events that I have going on. Um, and there's uh, information about group coaching and one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, uh, and you can also, you know, you can find my email, my, my, my telephone number, all of that information to reach out. Also the social media that I'm on. Um, so there's lots of information there. My website is the best place. It's www.consonate.world and it's streaming at the bottom and I'm sure it'll be tagged in the show notes. Um, so that's the best way to get a hold of me. And if you're an event planner and you have an upcoming event, I would love to connect with you and, and be a speaker at your event. Awesome. Shauna, thank you for taking some of your time tonight. Yeah. After a long day in the sun, 
hang out with us today and share your journey with us. And again, thank you for going as deep as you did and being as vulnerable as you were with your story and sharing it with this Fit Nation. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. And, uh, have a great night. You too. Thanks for checking us out and being a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com. It's themisfitnation.com to catch up on all of our episodes and also to get some of that great Misfit Nation gear. As always, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling because we are.